Hello, welcome to Game Changer. Monday through Friday, David Villa and our crew dive into God's Word and talk about how to take principles from the Bible and apply them to our daily lives. Thanks so much for listening, and here's our host. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome to Game Changer. It's Monday. I'm David Villa here with Diana Villa. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? You doing good? I'm doing good. If only you could see the before the podcast starts and the and after. And not just the after. Woo! <laughs> Some crazy things going on. Half a cup of coffee spilt in my office. Talking about all the bloopers. Um, shall we go on? I'm just letting you know I'm glad it wasn't my office. In my coffee. <laughs> if I the coffee spilled in Dave's office, we might not have started on time. It's just I just just I'm just glad it's not my I'm just glad. I feel for you. Because that does that does uh, that would that would help that would hurt. Before that would be a before that would definitely affect the after, <laughs> and um, but hey, we're gonna have a great show this week, and uh, what an awesome job uh, Ashton did on the intro yes. there, and uh, you know it's interesting. We're gonna talk about and kind of get into, and you're going like, what is this before and after, you know, stuff, and um, you know, I really don't know. I think it's it's kind of a collaboration. Um, a lot of different people had some ideas and I think everybody might have had a different thought and concept and just here's what's really cool about that we 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 follow the leading of the Holy Spirit so I believe that ultimately he's taking all of that throwing it into you know a pile and saying okay I'm going to breathe on it and do my thing and it's going to you're going to get what you're going to get what he does with 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 what he does you know you're going to get you're going to get what he does with what he has and what we give him and that's the way you want it anyway. And can I just say this? <clears throat> you know, I love a good <clears throat> makeover. You know, one of the things I think anybody thinks about, you know, there's, let me just kind of say this. There's some, there's some people I believe that just don't belong posting some before stuff. You know, I mean, like, um, you know, there's just some, you know, I mean, there's some. I don't know if you should say that. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying anything specifically. I'm just saying me. I, there's some before stuff. That you don't want to see, you know. There's a line would, you know, carry your testimony. Our pastor preached on a great word yesterday, and he just talked about carrying your mat. But I mean, you know, in the Bible says we're overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Amen. And uh, but there's just some pictures that we need to maybe leave in the past, right? Some things that we need to just chalk up to, like, hey, trust me, it was really bad before, you know, and. Um, but we're in love with a good makeover story. You know, I remember, you know, Diane and I are old enough to remember when it was like a novelty. It wasn't like, you know, today it's 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 a little more common because of social media, but it was a novelty when a talk show would do, you know, maybe once a year or twice a year, they'd have um, kind of a makeover type thing. And they'd bring in, you know, guests and and they do, uh, you know, they do a huge makeover. And you'd look and you'd say, man, what a, what a transformation from before to after and um but you know we're going to talk a little bit about that and we're going to talk like ashton alluded to in the intro we're going to we're going to talk about you know what it's like before and who you were before and and how your before doesn't discount or discredit who you are today matter of fact you know every one of us have a before the bible says that we all have sinned and come short of and fallen short of the glory of God. So, you know, the fact that you have a past, the fact that you've been in the mud, the fact that you were a prodigal, the fact that you, you know, you might still smell a little bit like it, you know. It's interesting because when the prodigal son came, 
home, the dad, like you would have done, obviously, you know, or like most parents would have done, they would have been like, hey, go get in the shower, you know, go wash off, don't touch me, you're dirty, you know, I told you not to go there. You know, the reality is he put a robe on him, dirty, right, put a ring on his finger, dirty, killed the fat cow and cooked it, dirty. In other words, he let that son come home and and he smelt a little bit like what he was in, you know, and, um, but anyway, so your before and after are drastically different. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. And um, I wanted to start with a little bit of a different twist, though, and because we have a whole week to talk about this. And, you know, I wanted to talk about one perspective that I thought of from before and after, and that is before you see the miracle and before you see the answer, you know, what are you doing? You know, what, what should we say? What should our prayers be like? What should we be focused on? And um, because there's a before and after, and sometimes we wait, and I know with me, you know, maybe it's just a challenge that I step through or I've gone through, but I wait sometimes. I found myself over life waiting until, you know, to praise God sometimes until I see the answer. But we're supposed to praise Him before so that the after, right, the after lines up. A lot of times the after comes quicker. When the praise, when the praise starts in the before, and um, <clears throat> when I think of this, Diana, I think of a story of Paul. You know, and he's in prison, and he's not in prison for a crime, right? He's in prison for speaking about Jesus, and he, you know, he might even be executed for this because of of the times he lived in. And right, he writes to his friends in uh, Philippi, and he says, "Rejoice in the Lord always." Philippians four four. So he sounds like your mama you know, or your, or our kid's mama, you, because he repeats himself just in case you're not listening. He says it again, rejoice, right? He says it twice. He mamas them. And it's a great verse, you know, for a coffee mug. If we were going to put a coffee mug, game changer coffee mug up here, Philippians 4, 4 would be good, right? Rejoice in the Lord always. But here's the deal. It's perfect for a refrigerator magnet. You know, put it on a greeting card, right? Post it on social media, but it, because it makes you sound spiritual. But here's the thing. When people say this, the first thing, if I'm in the middle of a difficult situation, you know, or if I have a flat tire, it's 102 degrees outside, or I just found out, you know, I lost a deal, or I lost an account, or we have issues. We wake up and we have issues with personnel or things going on. You know, the, you know somebody that says, hey, David, you know, rejoice in the Lord always. I, I don't really like to hear that in the middle of it. I don't know about you guys. And sometimes I wonder, you know, do you rejoice in the Lord always? You know, like if you say that to me, I'll say, does, does she rejoice? I don't tell you that, but I think that. And I'm sure you do too. Oh, really? Well, that sounds really good. You know, you're telling me to do that, but, you know, last, last night you weren't doing that when we were talking about this. And, you know, so, so he told the people to rejoice in the Lord when he was in prison. But here's my question. Did he rejoice in the Lord when he was in prison? And yes, he did. I mean, Paul was with his buddy Silas, and, you know, can you picture them, right, thrown into prison, and I preached on this many, many times, right? I mean, they were bound to the wall, right? They were, they were, they were on the cold, hard ground. They had open wounds. I mean, they've been whipped. They've been beaten. They may have had a broken nose, you know, some broken ribs, you know, no doctor, no Band-Aids, no, no Tylenol, no, you know, no ibuprofen, right? And my question is this, have you been there? Perhaps you hit the ground when you found out someone you love had cancer or, you know, your kid was on drugs or your spouse was cheating on you or you've been in these tragic moments. What do you do? You lose the job. You don't get the promotion. You're going through frustration. And here's the thing. Paul and Silas, what do they do? They praise God. What was Paul doing in prison? Rejoicing always. 
So they were praising God for the who, not the what. And I think that, you know, I want to talk about this for a minute because they were praising God before the after. Does that make sense? They were praising God before the after. So we, we want the makeover, but we don't want the maker. That's mm. good. Do, do, we, do, we want the makeover, but we don't want the maker. And here's the thing. You got to praise the maker in the process of being made over. So you got to praise him in the before for the after. And that's what I thought of. Well, in saying that, the first thing I, I think back to is Silas. When you mentioned Silas, I automatically thought of last week about divine connections because if you're in a prison cell, you want to make sure that the person that you're in there with is for sure um, a divine connection so that if you are having a morning that you wake up and you're not able to praise, that you have someone beside you that's saying, come on, we can do this, and out of their praise stirs something in you and pushes you to praise. So I think that that's kind of interesting that that kind of ties back to last week, divine connections, because you need those divine connect, connections at times to be able to 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 make it through our before and afters. Um, you know, there's what's interesting about that is, you know, a lot of times when people come to know Christ, they or they are hesitant to come coming to Christ. Like I'm going to have to give up so many different things. And so I'm thinking of a makeover show is called um, what not to wear. And, you know, people would come crazy and they would begin to pick out things for them. Like, I don't think that's going to look right. No, no, no. But the amazing thing, as soon as they slipped it on, everything seemed to fall into place. Like, you know, they looked, brighter they carried themselves differently and that's kind of like the same thing with Christ is that we feel like we're going to have to sometimes especially with even some of our messes we feel like we're going to have to give up things you know our befores what we you know where we feel like we're going to give it up but truly if we really do step into and allow God to do the transformation it'll all fall in place and you'll look back at yourself and like man I look good I was there. You know, we can't forget our befores. We have to remember them because they encourage us to keep those parameters in our life. You know, before, um, you know, maybe you made a, a, a decision that, okay, I'm going to start my day every morning, my first, you know, 15, 30 minutes, hour, whatever it is, you know, meeting with God and praying or going through a Bible study or reading whatever it is, and you begin to implement that in your life. And then you slowly change happens and you don't even recognize it, but you look back and go, man, before I started doing this, my mornings were chaotic and crazy. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's one thing for us before in our household, like getting ready for school, it was the before we got in the car was crazy. We like, um, get up out of bed, (laughs) get breakfast, Ashton, Austin, Alexis. So our before, but by the time we got in the car was like, okay, now we can go. Um, and then we put on praise and worship music of some sort to kind of get our minds thinking. But we don't want to always go back to our before, but our before, and our pastor spoke a message about, you know, carrying your mat. He was talking about the, you know, the paralyzed man that God says, you know, heals him and says, you know, pick up your mat and go. And he carried it. And I thought that was interesting because sometimes we don't want to carry our before. And the truth of the matter is our before that we carry actually is a message of hope or encouragement to the people that we encounter. Um, and that says, hey, we didn't have it all together, but before God, this is what I was dealing with. But after Christ, this is, you know, how he brought me through. So I don't think we always want to remember <coughs> our before. And we don't realize sometimes the things that we're going to put on in our after, we may not feel like, oh, well, certainly I can't do that. But once you start operating in it, it kind of just 
it looks nice. You may think picking out the right outfit. Sometimes, like, she should not be wearing that. Or, man, she looks good in that. Um, so I, I think sometimes we don't really feel or realize that when we put some of those things on, it's going to change the way we look for the, for the better, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, we, we want the happily ever after, you That's know, true. and, you know, but here's the thing, the happily ever after that God promises us is, you know, listen, I've gone to prepare a place for you, you know, and there's going to be, there's going to be an after, we call it an afterlife, right? We call in, 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 in after he comes and after we're, you know, we're taken from this earth and after, you know, I mean, there's a promise of a happily ever after and Disney didn't write the story, right? And it's it's not based around a Cinderella character or a Prince Charming character. And here's the thing: there's a before, and you know, and, and so there's an ultimately hap- happy ever happily ever after. But sometimes we don't want the before. We don't want the before. We just want the after, and we have to understand something. Paul and Silas, they got it, you know. And I'm going to tell you, they were praising God for the who. And not the what. And so can I just say this? They were in prison and they were beat up. And if you ask them, what are you praising? Because remember, they praise God for the who, not the what. Sometimes we wait until we see a what or we grab a hold of a what or we have, a, we have the what in our hand or we can see or touch or feel or smell the what. And then we praise God for the what. Because it, but if you ask, sometimes you've gone through life and you've asked Paul and Silas, what are you praising God for? I don't think there was a what that they could point to. Nothing good was happening, but their God was still good. So they weren't praising God for the what. They were praising him for the who. And here's the thing. You and I can do that too. We can do that as well. Because, listen, you can do that in the before, and you can do that in the after. But here's the reality. The reality is we need to learn how to do that in the before so that we can create the after that God has for us. Because the reality is God is saying, look, I've created an after, I've created an after, but will you praise me in the before? And can I just say this? Your circumstances may be bad, but your God is still good. Yes. And he is near and his promises are still true. And this is the thing. His, he, his promises, whether they're true or not, are not predicated on what you and I are walking through. His love is still unconditional. His grace is still amazing. His timing is still perfect. You may not like what the what of what's going on, but you can still praise God for the who of who he is. And that's the before and after. That's the before and after. It's easy to praise God when you just when you just got the big check. It's easy to praise God when you're on the mountaintop. It's easy to praise God when everything's going right. But it but can you praise him in the before? Can you praise him when you don't see it? Can you praise him when you're still being made over? When you can you praise him when you look in the mirror and it doesn't look the way that it's supposed to look? And so your circumstances may be bad, but your God is still good. And can I just say this? They were praising God before the provision, before he made a way. And I'm going to, I, I want to I challenge us. Do, are we doing that? You know, so often we hold off on praising God until he provides what we want. Think about it. I mean, it sounds like, a, like an entitled, like snot-nosed little kid, right? I won't be grateful until I get exactly what I want. And, you know, we're better than that, right? More important, God deserves better. So Paul and Silas prayed God before he answered their prayers or changed the circumstances. That's the kind of person I want to be. So I'm in the middle of prison, bound to the wall. 
I get every reason to not praise God, every reason to not see the glass half full, every reason to not think that it's going to happen. And you know what? But yet I praise God anyway before, not after, before the provision. What happens, David, if, the provi- if I praise God and the provision do- doesn't happen? My question is this, has God ever let you down? It may not happen the way you want it to happen, but has he ever, ever let you down? You know, if I were reading that story, Diana, before Paul and Silas, and I didn't know the story since, you know, since Sunday school, I've heard it my whole life, I don't think I would have envisioned it being written that way. Like, for instance, if I were praying for a breakthrough, let's just see my, ultimately, I wanted to get out of prison. I would have visualized them as going, coming in the courts, coming in and going, okay, well, we made a mistake in the middle of the night. Hey, Paul, Silas, get up, get up. Listen, you know, we were really analyzing the evidence against you and there really wasn't any evidence against you. And so we made a mistake and we're going to go ahead and unlock you two and let you out of prison. You know, that's the way I would have vis- that's the way I would have visualized if I were Paul and Silas getting out of jail, right? Somebody made a mistake. There's my after, but see, God had a different after. And, and so little did they know that their praise was going to deliver the after because their praise delivered an earthquake that not only set them free supernaturally, it set everyone else around them free. And that's powerful. So they couldn't have envisioned the after that God had for them. Well, it impacted others around them. And that's what we don't always understand is that our before and after, sometimes we are, you know, we're self-centered and we want what we want when we want it, how we want it, but we don't really realize sometimes our process is not just about us, but it's the people around us that, you know, we impact that, you know, people see you go through that, um, and they see how you went through that, and they see that God was faithful in that, and, you know, that, you know, it sparked something in them, so, you know, they were also freed. The Mm -hmm. people that were in in the same prison as Paul and Silas were also freed, and sometimes, you know, our freedom brings freedom to others, which we don't always think about that. So our before and after may not always be about us. Um, you know, it may be about who we can impact that we don't realize, you know, you know, years down the road um, or even in the short term, you know, what we do um, has the ability to, to change and alter the life of someone else. I mean, when, 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 when Jesus showed up, things happened, you know, dead things were brought back to life. When, when Jesus showed up, um, you know, the woman with the issue of blood stopped after she'd spent everything she had. She searched for answers everywhere, trying to get healed of this. And then yet, you know, just in a small encounter with him that stopped, um, I mean, you can go over story after story um, where, you know, when God shows up, things change. But here we are still talking about those things, you know, thousands of years later. And so, you know, it might be something um, that, you know, I think of your grandmother. I mean, there's lots of stories of, you know, how she impacted, you know, many people, um, you know, encouraged them and prayed for them, was an intercessor, a prayer warrior, you know, fed them, you know, brought food to people, made meals, you know, things and stuff. So I don't think we always understand that our before and our after isn't always about us, but it's also about the people, you know, our community, the people around us. And and our our church is going through a thing talking about community right now and putting into, you know, getting people plugged into small groups and stuff like that. It's like the next season of that. And, uh, And it's important because, you know, sometimes we need help 
in our before. And so how do you get that? You get that with the community that you're, you're surrounding yourself with. And, and Paul and Silas is a prime example that, that they were community for one another and then they helped and they both, I mean, I think there was something to, one could put a thousand flight, two could put 10,000 a flight. Obviously there was power in the two of them praising mm-hmm. God in spite of the prison that they were being well, held captive in. Yeah. I mean, it's so powerful. Acts sixteen twenty six records it this way. He said, suddenly there was a massive earthquake. So suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundation. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. So here's the thing. They were praising God and then he showed up. And that's the thing. They were praising God. So in the before, what did it look like? In the before, they were praising God. In the before, they were bound to the wall. In the bef- in before, the prison doors were shut. In, 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 in the before, the doors were closed. The foundations were intact. The prisoners were bound. In the before, they were there. They were uncomfortable. In the before, they were, they were in prison. And in the before, they were praising God. And then in the after, he showed up. He showed up in the middle of that. And then an earthquake shook the foundation of the prison. The doors flew open. The chains fell off the prisoners. So while they were praising God in the before, he showed up to deliver the happily ever after. Amen? He showed up to deliver the after. And I'm going to tell you today that you might be in the middle of the midnight of your before, but God is able to show up and deliver the after that he promised. He's not a man that he should lie. And so they didn't praise God because he showed up. God showed up because they praised him. I got to say that again. They did not praise God because he showed up. God showed up because they praised him. I love Dumasani's comment there. He said, I think Paul wrote rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say again, rejoice. He wasn't writing it just for us, but also to encourage and remind himself as well. There's a repetition emphasis. When you're going through a tough time, you need to emphasize and declare your faith no matter what is happening. Amen. 100% Paul wrote it to remind himself. David said in Psalms, I encourage myself in the Lord. I'm going to encourage myself. And I think Paul was doing that as well. Paul rejoiced in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And you need to say that. You need to say, David, rejoice in the Lord. Diana, rejoice in the Lord. Ashton, Mike, Ezra, rejoice in the Lord. Dumasani, rejoice in the Lord. Always. Again, I say, rejoice. When we praise him, he'll show up. You praise him in the before, he'll show up in the after. And when he shows up, it'll change our thinking. And if we change our thoughts, it can change our life. Amen? Before and after. I believe it. I believe it's the makeover of all makeovers. I believe that the world needs to see this. They love a good makeover story. And when the world sees you in the middle of your situation and then turns around, again, how appropriate that our pastor preached yesterday when the reason in that scripture that man, that, that, that Jesus told him, take up your mat and walk, the reason he carried his mat is so it said after that, it said that everyone said, I'd never seen anything. They were amazed and said, I've never seen anything like this before. And so the reality is him carrying this mat around was the after in the after reminded him, the, 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 I'm sorry, he was carrying around his before. He was carrying around his before and, and it reminded them, it reminded them of the power of God. It reminded them of who he was before and the transformation power of God. Amen. In his life. You know, saying that, I just want to say, don't be ashamed of your before. You know, sometimes we've we've gone through some pretty ugly stuff and, and we're ashamed or we are reluctant. And again, I think going back to, you know, outer courts, inner courts, holy of holies, be careful who 
but in, in the why, so be careful why you share that story, but um, your before and after, don't be ashamed by it. It's, it made you who you are today. You know, you know, the things I experienced, you know, has brought me to where I am today, and it, it caused me that even when I didn't feel like hanging on to God, I hung on to God. Um, you know, we, we had our, a few people always ask us, you know, we have, I think I have pretty amazing kids, um, and it has nothing to do with David and I, to be honest with you, because uh, we, we've been messed up many times, <laughs> but it's the goodness of God and the grace of God, and the one thing someone asked me, and, and the Lord gave me this one morning early uh, driving back from somewhere, I, I'm an early riser, and um, I was like, they, someone said, how do you, you know, we have meet, come across a lot of different people that, you know, are Christians, they're in the same point of life as you, you know, your kids are leaving home, you have a business, you know, and they seem like in this good place, and yet, you know, their children are not where they need to be with the Lord, and they're just heartbroken over it, and um, they said, you know, what do you think is different, and, and it took me probably about a week, because I really did ponder that thought, because I've never thought about it, I'm always thankful to the Lord, and of his goodness, um, and his faithfulness there, in spite of, you know, our mess-ups, and where we've fallen, and, and, and stuff like that, but um, the one thing, somewhere in my in our raising our kids, we pointed them to Jesus so that even when we weren't where we needed to be, they hung on to Jesus because it really wasn't about us. I mean, I like to think that they we lived a good life in front of them in a lot of different ways, but really at the end of the day, it had to it had to be that from an early age we taught them that you know Jesus is everything and that nothing is impossible with Him and to hold on to Him and even if they you know, dibbled and dabbled and strayed a little bit, they still held on to them and they knew where to go. And it wasn't about us, but it was about their relationship. So very early on, we taught them that they needed a relationship with God above everything else, that we were going to fail them, um, but he would never. So, you know, don't be ashamed of your before. Um, you know, your before is who you are and it made you who you are, you know. And, you know, I, I think that there's seasons and times that God calls us to talk about our before so that people can appreciate the after. You know, sometimes he'll go, how can you, you know, you have this and this or whatever, and how can you relate to me? Our before helps us be relatable to a world that needs hope in Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, I hope you guys are excited about this week. I sure am. And um, before and after, day one is in the books. And um, I'm excited about this week. I really am looking forward to uh, seeing the lives that get touched by this. Amen. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Mike? Um, if you guys haven't heard already, every single week, every single day, Monday through Friday at 8.30 in the morning, we send out a daily encouragement text message for our Game Changer group. If you would like to opt into that, you can text EZGC, in all caps, all together, EZGC, to 813-522-3356. Get a little bit of a pick-me-up in the day. Maybe you can't make the podcast. Maybe you can't listen to it until later on in the day. A little pick-me-up from Dave every single morning, Monday through Friday. To everybody who watches us live on Facebook and YouTube, we appreciate you guys being with us every single morning. So so much we enjoy the comments we enjoy the band the back and forth everything about it we love uh, if you guys happen to not be able to tune in live one day you can always find us on the go apple podcast spotify google podcast every audio platform out there we are on it so subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting platform um, and we you can always have us on the go 
If you're listening on any of those audio platforms I previously mentioned, you can always come and join us live every single morning on Facebook and YouTube Live. Just search David Villa Game Changer and you will find us every single time. Faithgear.co, if you guys haven't already gone and looked, please go check out our newest drop. Um, we have a very limited supply on our new or on our new designs. So if we run out, it's going to take three weeks for us to at least get them back in. Um, so if you want one, make sure you grab it while you can. This week, I can't tell you exactly when it will be live. I believe it's Wednesday that it's going live. I have to double check that. Um, but our newest Bible plan, Hold Fast, is coming out this week. I, if I remember right, it's September 1st that it launches, if not the second. But go check it out. We did a series of podcasts, which we'll talk more about it once it goes live, um, that ties into that. So you guys can kind of listen and read along if you guys want to. But it will be out this week. Thank you all for listening. We hope you guys had a wonderful time in, um, with the podcast this morning. Hope you guys have a wonderful way. Wonderful day, dear. Let me get out of here. Hope you guys have a wonderful day. And on that note, we out. Thanks so much for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast and you want to connect further, check out the David Villa's Game Changer group on Facebook. We'll see you next time on the next episode of Game Changer.